Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for January 9th, 2022. Uh, uh, which I had to belabor over there for a second. <laughs> which year is it? Uh, tw- January 9th, 2022. It's your seat. Um, it's, it, it, yeah, it's your seat, but it's, it's Epiphany. Uh, yes. and, and my epiphany is, is, uh, that it's a new year and I'm still struggling with that, uh, with getting that right. Uh, but, uh, uh, we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family, uh, Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And, uh, Bruce, uh, we are, um, we're, we're, we're coming together again. Yeah, we're in the same room rather than across town. Yeah. Uh, across, well across the table. I- yeah, well across the table, <laughs> but uh, uh, significantly uh, closer. A lot easier to read uh, each other's faces as <laughs> I search for words or uh, and and uh, and uh, and jokes, and you can see how the gears barely turn. Well, and, since and, it's been and are patiently <laughs> waiting for me. <laughs> since it's been almost two years, I'll never look at you. <laughs> I'll just keep my eyes on my books and computer screens like I have been doing. <laughs> Highly recommended. <laughs> Don't look at Ben. It's not worth it. Uh, <laughs> very, very, very low review. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, Epiphany. Uh, we have just, we, we finished the season of Christmas. No, and no we haven't. No? We Wait. Haven't. What? Well, by Epiphany finishes it. Mm. So that's why we haven't quite Finished. Okay, uh, so then then we should have words with uh, the the uh, the Vanderbilt website people because they put Epiphany as its own its its own season, the season well, of it, Epiphany. It is the season of Epiphany, unlike the season after Pentecost. Uh huh. But okay. it and by the time we get to this Sunday, yes, Christmas is over. So but as of this moment, it has not yet finished. So 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 essentially, what does does this the uh, service of Epiphany serve as kind of like the bookshelf ends and beginning of the different seasons? Like as you're doing it, you're roll, you're turning the page. Sure. Okay. Because <laughs> it can't, it, like, like my literal mind can't accept that it it is both in the season of Christmas. It's a and its thing. own season of Epiphany, <laughs> but Christmas is not in but the season of Epiphany officially. Season of Christmas ends on the twelfth day of Christmas, uh-huh. which is My, and you know, at midnight, which is the day before Epiphany. Okay, so at midnight, mm-hmm. it shifts from season of Christmas to the day of Epiphany, which begins the season of Epiphany. Okay, so so as people are listening to this, it's very well may, may still be the season of Christmas. Or it might be the season of Epiphany. I think we better go back to remote. <laughs> <laughs> but to be clear, January sixth is what we're talking about. Yeah, January sixth is is, is, is the day actual of epiphany. Uh, epiphany. But so we'll use the uh, designated readings for the sixth on the ninth, as we kind of yeah celebrate. We're letting people come a few days late to church to celebrate Epiphany, which is one of the not, major not feasts. Late. Intentionally on time. <laughs> never yeah, late we moved the goalpost to make it easier <laughs> um well very good uh, uh um i suppose we should go to uh to this day in church history 
And um, which day will that be? I am going to go with January 9th, uh, as that is the date uh, okay. that we will celebrate together. Not um, that it matters, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I could take a quick look at at uh, the 6th just to see. Uh, oh, oh my gosh. There's, oh my gosh, there's so many. Nope, going back to the 9th. Okay. <laughs> if there, I was going to say, if there's if there's only like two or three entries, maybe I'll include them. But there's like 20, 25. <laughs> and that's just way too much. Um, but yeah, this day in church history for January 9th, uh, in 1522, cardinals elect uh, 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 Dutchman Adrian Dedel to be pope, and he takes the name Adrian VI and will be the last non-Italian pope until St. John Paul II. Wow. What? So what year again? 1522. Goodness. They got in a rut. To all the way into the until Pope John Paul II in the 20th century. Yeah. That's a long <laughs> that's a long line of uh Italian popes. Uh um but uh yeah, yeah. I I remember sp- speculation as to whether or not there'd ever be a non-Italian pope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, someone just watching from the sidelines. <laughs> right, 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 for sure. Uh, in 1765, Samuel Stillman is infa- installed at the First Baptist Church in Boston, and he'll promote uh, the separation of church and state in the United States. Because <laughs> he was on the losing end. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All yep. those stupid writers of the Constitution who are Anglican. <laughs> Episcopalian. <laughs> We got to make sure they don't get to make any decisions. Right, 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 right. Um, in 1890, uh, we see the death of him, him writer uh, Florence Catherine Armstrong, uh, who uh, her, whose best known work is Oh to be Over Yonder. I always love uh, uh, hymnists, hymn, hymnal writers, hymn writers, hymnal, hymn, hymnal. I don't care. Heaven <laughs> Uh, an interesting story in 19... 19- Songsmiths. There you go. Ooh, yes. I like that. Yeah, me too. Um, in 1921, an interesting story uh, where Soviets arrest the Orthodox priest Nilas Matyevev. Met- Matvev? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, in uh, Tver province, charging him with counter-revolutionary agitation. That's 1921. Uh, owing to an amnesty, he's released. But six years later, he's arrested again and then exiled for three years rough to be soviet <laughs> in the in the early 1900s well I, i'd say throughout the, Through, throughout throughout but ussr uh, and into time of russia yeah yeah especially yeah okay pull me out of the rabbit hole keep going ben keep going um in 1922 uh another uh noted death of a new york city in new york city julia chester emery uh who had served as 40 years as secretary of the women's auxiliary of the board of missions in the Episcopal church. So that was a mouthful for she served 40 years as secretary of the women's auxiliary of the board of missions. What's her name again? Uh, Julia Chester Emery. Okay. I Uh, thought, I thought that was a name I actually recognized for one. So continue, she continually urged uh, expansion of missions and church education, but she uh, passed away in uh, this day in 1922. And one of the things to point out Mm -hmm. is that that's, part of the, the long time in the Episcopal Church where it was a woman's auxiliary who did a lot of the a lot of the ministry in the Episcopal Church. Women were not allowed to be ordained or hold um, major office 
as lay people in the structure of the church and worked around that through Women's Auxiliary, Church Women United, all sorts of different uh, organizations that gave women outlets and did a lot more direct ministry than what the men's structures were doing. Mm -hmm. So that, she did very significant work. Uh, this day in 1947, this is our last entry here, uh, Japan's Christian Layman's Association is formed under uh, Dr. S. Uzawa, a former president of the Japanese Bar Association, and Dr. T. Yamamoto, a prominent scientist. So, uh, which is kind of a cool thing to see uh, a, a layman's association being established by, you know, a, a, a lawyer and a scientist um, mm -hmm. coming together to to create this association in Japan, which is cool. And in Japan at that time, and I don't know if they, they were part of it or not, the Anglican Church, the Episcopal Church, was the major <clears throat> Christian denomination. Oh, in, in Japan in the 1940s? Yeah, so there's a good chance that's a, an Episcopal date. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, uh, this, this just... Uh, um, um, Notates that it comes from the Friendship Press in 1949. So it doesn't. I'm not sure if Friendship, the Friendship Press, had an affiliation well, or part of part of the dynamic in Japan is that Christianity was very much minority religion, and so they were much more comfortable um, working among denominations rather than having big walls between them. Because in any given community, there would be so, so few Christians that could get a lot more done if you cooperated. Yeah. But during World War II, Christians were extremely oppressed and sent to concentration camps and all because they were seen as um, Western collaborators. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Since yeah, the that would em be a... emperor was a deity and Christians would not agree to that. It's kind of like back in Jesus's times and the apostles' times. Yeah. Uh, I, I said I wouldn't do it, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm going to do one item from January 6th since okay. it is the day of Epiphany. Uh, the the date that I thought uh, um, stood out as of interest for Christian history uh, that day in 1494, Columbus and his men celebrate the first mass in the Americas on Isabel Island in Haiti. So the first the first math mass ever in the Americas was held on the day of Epiphany. Well, it was one of the major feast days. So yeah, that'd, that'd be one they'd have to pause from exploiting the natives to go to church. <laughs> uh, it doesn't say anything <laughs> in here. Mysteriously, it doesn't say anything about the uh, exploitation of the natives. I mean, that's uh, well, that's why you have me here. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I wonder why. I wonder why that is. Interesting. So, anyways, that's our that's our that's our delve into church history. Uh, let's jump uh, over instead to the readings. Uh, so, our first reading for uh, uh, January 9th is going to be Isaiah chapter sixty, verse one through six. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. 
Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Epa, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Um, Isaiah chapter 60 uh, would be the third third Isaiah. <clears throat> right, right. Um, how close to the end are we? Um, uh, pretty darn. Pretty darn close. <laughs> okay. Um, because this does have kind of like the, almost like an epilogue feel uh, to it. Uh, that it's like, this is... You know, and, home and stretch. yeah, the home stretch and, and, you know, great prosperity covered the land and all was good. <laughs> they lived happily uh, ever and after. And they lived happily ever after. It kind of does have that feel. Well, um, yeah, there, there's 66 chapters. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, a very small percentage left. Gotcha. Relatively speaking, but still a, a fair, that, that's still more than I think Thought. I was anticipating because it, it really does feel like this is like, as you fade to black kind of, <laughs> kind of a feel. Um, oh, it is Isaiah, wordy dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it so it starts to fade, and he's like, "And I have more to yeah. say." And comes back into <laughs> but full before focus. we finish, <laughs> one more thing. Um, so so uh, this is it, it. Kind of sounds uh, it has kind of a poetic feel, definitely to poetry. It, um, and is talking about uh, seems to be to to me to be talking about as they return to their homeland, uh, that it they become a great nation again. And kind of the envy of the world as they know it. That uh, I'm not sure, sure how far away Midian and Epa are. Not terribly far. Okay, not terribly. <laughs> I mean, a multitude not... of camels from right next door. Uh, um, I mean, it's not like China or India or something. Right, right, right. right. But, I mean, there, there is a, a reference to the abundance of the seas shall be brought yeah. to you. And and if I'm not mistaken, they're a decent ways away from the sea. No? Are they right on the sea? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, so this is, this is okay. I, I, well, okay, Jerusalem is, um, shoot. I mean, it's like an hour's drive okay. from the ocean. Okay. And from ports. Okay. Which is part of the back then and now part of the Israeli territory. I couldn't remember if it was, if it was exactly where it is today or if it yeah. was further in. Okay. I, I could not remember that. I couldn't, I, I, I felt it, like this, po- this poem was trying to, you know, give you the feel of like from far and wide people will come. It is. It is trying to give you that feel. Um, it just didn't take as, as far as we would today. Gotcha. So it's it's talking about Arabian kingdoms that <clears throat> so so it's still the term we would use still the Middle East mm-hmm. but of course these were people that have been um, dominating Israel for a couple few generations by this point and so for Israel to dominate anyone <laughs> was a big deal yeah um, we're just coming back from being enslaved by the Babylonians. So to say other people are going to bring tribute to you mm-hmm. instead of the other way around, uh, that's big doings. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, again, I can't remember if it was last week or maybe the week before, but again, I think there's this reference to, I think it was last week, uh, um, indicating like, and everybody's going to make the, the journey, which uh, wasn't necessarily 
always the case. Sometimes the journey back home would be, right. you know, just the whoever was strongest could survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this reference in verse four, your son shall come from far away and your daughter shall be carried on their nurse's arms. I think it's kind of yet another reference to like, oh, even maybe some people that you would think that might not be able to make the yeah. journey will 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 return. Will be successful in getting home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won't. You know, they won't be killed by bandits or coyotes or anything. And uh, um, I feel like there's something missing when it says they shall bring gold and frankincense. Where's 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 the myrrh? How how come no myrrh? Well, funny you should ask. Isn't it though? <laughs> <laughs> um, can't tell for sure. So, sure. but there's much speculation that Isaiah here is talking about really cool stuff, gold mm-hmm. and frankincense. Yeah. And because myrrh is associated with being a burial spice, that was a bummer. Oh, okay. Um, and that that's, why um, Matthew made sure in the story of the Magi coming that myrrh was included Hmm. because it's that foreshadowing of Jesus being willing to die for humanity. Interesting. Okay. I I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it is, it, Matthew sees um, the story of the Magi coming from the East as a fulfillment of Isaiah 60. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then adds in the kicker of the myrrh. Gotcha. That there, you know, it's that and more. That makes sense. Uh, cause I, I suppose that would be, um, for anybody else that would be like, here's gold to represent prosperity, frankincense to rec- represent your kingly status and myrrh. Cause you're going to die. Right. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, you, <laughs> your, your, Kind welcome yeah. took a turn there. Yeah. Uh, um, so I guess I would understand why why Isaiah would, nice bottle of wine would be sufficient. That would really change the tone of of, of this poem of like like oh you know your Israel's going to see prosperity again mm-hmm. and you're going to have a new king and, and there's going to be lots of death. Yeah. <laughs> Loads of myrrh so much, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you brought to import it. Uh huh. A multitude of camels bringing the myrrh. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what? Isaiah, last chapter you were like, hey, things are going to be great. Now you're talking <laughs> the, the, body bags? The, the roads are going to be straight and level. And <laughs> Okay, yeah, that makes uh, that makes some sense as to why that's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'm not entirely sure that, that uh, the those gifts get... Uh, that kind of attention like we, we always you know gold frankincense myrrh you hear since you're a child like mm-hmm. oh those are the three gifts from the three wise men blah, blah, blah. never really like a, a you know a, oftentimes not a full recognition yeah. of what they represent and why they're part of the story mm-hmm. um, uh, because I suppose you know you'd, you'd almost want the story to be a little bit more like you know uh, an adolly uh, yeah <laughs> Because Jesus is a tiny baby, you know. Yeah, I mean, extra that, blanket, and you know. Well, and there, there's the old joke of and a baby bjorn. For once, you know, for once, a, a casserole would have been more useful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I, I, you've you've indicated that the, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get over to it. So, but I want to kind of address it now. Uh, you indicated that Matthew 
you know, sees this as a fulfillment mm-hmm. of Isaiah and then throws myrrh in there as, as you know. Kind of, An attention getter right, and foreshadowing. Right. So do we have any reason to, like, are these, do we believe these gifts to be true? Or is this more like maybe, you know, literary representation? Because if taken on its face, what what do you think Joseph and Mary's reaction is? Like... <laughs> Here, here's gold, frankincense, you know, representing wealth, prosperity, and the kingly status of this child. And because infant mortality is so dodgy right now, uh, just a little bit of myrrh in case. Like, well, like and, what's the interpretation if it's, like, literal? See, and I'm, I'm picturing Joseph, who traditionally is seen as older, though that's not... <laughs> oh, yeah. and this is for you, yeah. old man. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Oh no. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, but, but you ask whether it's true or not. And there's that good old conundrum um, slash meditative moment of, yes, it's true. And we don't know if it's true. Got it. Yep. That Matthew put it there. The church has preserved it there because it's, it is helpful for us to ponder how Jesus as an infant was already beginning to fulfill the various um, ministries Mm -hmm. that Jesus would perform as as an adult. And so his future was going to need myrrh. In uh, medieval and Renaissance art, it was not unusual. In fact, it was um, extremely common for nativity paintings to have a skull in them as the same symbolism as the myrrh. Oh, that Jesus is conquering death, but is conquering it by dying. Right. Hmm. So, so it it is a good news, bad news thing because Matthew does have the resurrection at the end of his gospel. So it is hmm. a conquering of death, but it, it is through death. Hmm. Uh, what about this Isaiah reading? Uh, anything else that we didn't cover? Um, hidden nuggets, perhaps. It's just gorgeous. I mean, it is such beautiful poetry. Um, another is, good one to, to sit with and meditate on. Is there a reason why there are two levels of darkness? One for the earth and a thick darkness that cover, shall cover the people? It, it's just poetry, how they do repeating. Gotcha. Gotcha. And yeah, so it, it isn't just, oh, the sun went down. It's right. like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. We're so it's, all... that, it's that it's that poetic thing of like uh, a, a light in the sky, a bright light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'd be the opposite. Shining um, on the you know, or... shining intensely. <laughs> I I was saying, oh man, a stupid man. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me when you say that. But I'll, I'll I go back attacked. to looking at my screen. I feel attacked. <laughs> Or screens. Maybe just because that hit hit a little close to home. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so highly recommend. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, is there more to this to this uh, poem, or does it? The, oh yeah. The, the does the reading then shift to something different, or it it has more nuances as it goes on. Um, here's here, we wait for. This is verse nine. We wait for light, and lo, there is darkness. And for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall. 
groping like those who have no eyes. We stumble at noon as in the twilight, among the vigorous as though we were dead. Man, he's, all right, yeah. <laughs> what, a word, what a wordsmith, though. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you use the word songsmith. I'm going to use it. You put it back to wordsmith. Uh, uh, that's... A, that's Okay, I got it. That's very descriptive. I like it. Let me give you one more. Sure. We all growl like bears, like doves. We moan mournfully. Oh. Isn't that cool? Bear doves. It's like, Uh, oh, I'm a bear. Oh, wait. No, I'm just a dove. (laughs) Or or some sort of mashup of the two, which would be terrifying. (laughs) A pigeon, but with a bear head. hit my car <laughs> i think a horrifying. bear was flying over horrifying us. <laughs> uh man that's pretty uh so yeah encouraged to uh read uh more there because uh there there's there's uh obviously we, we cut off where we cut off because yeah. it's just this season that I mean, we're, I, the, the, the celebration we're actually doing so. yeah keep that focus but you can't go wrong with isaiah no. if you ever need something to no. be inspiring Uh, Well, let's move on to the psalm of the day. Psalm uh, 72, verse 1 through 7 and 10 through 14. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people Give deliverance to the needy and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. May the kings of Tarshish and the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations give him service, for he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. Um, I suppose first things first, what are we missing in verses 8 uh, and and nine. Why do we skip over those? I'm not sure to tell you the truth. I, um, maybe we're squeamish. Okay. Um, because verse eight is may he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his foes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. Okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a step it's, below bootlickers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it takes away the feel-goodness. I suppose so. <laughs> and his foes eat dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> They're the kings of Tarshish. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one, one can see why this is a, a, a chosen psalm, um, especially because the uh, the reference to the king's bringing gifts and, right. and falling down before him, uh, which is kind of the, the, the whole vibe, uh, of, of epiphany. Right. Right. Um, uh, which, uh, we didn't talk about it, I think at the, the, the top of the, the podcast, but, um, 
epiphany being the the meaning of the word, uh, like a, a realization, right? Like the, a, a sudden recognition. So the the and, first and unveiling. Okay, yeah, a reveal. Yeah, because um, not everyone gets the epiphany. The I mean, mm-hmm. a epiphany. We we take it. We take the meaning now of the term as I have gained an uh, insight. Right. Sudden awareness. But it, there's the way the Bible uses it and theology uses it. It's an available insight that one can choose not to avail oneself of. Okay. So the but the, the this epiphany, the first epiphany, is what the the recognition of Christ's kingly status by the Not, nations. Yeah. Yes. By, Essentially. By um, people who were not followers of the one true God. Right. right. Which is an interesting first epiphany that it's not it's not Jesus' own people making the realization and the recognition. It's well, it's, out, a, it's kind of out, being drawn up as outsiders are, uh, are the ones who have the epiphany. Well, but it presumes Matthew presumes that the readers are familiar with the uh, numerous 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 self-revelations of god through the hebrew scriptures the old testament mm-hmm. so technically matthew would say this ain't the first epiphany Come I on, gotcha. guys i gotcha <laughs> but I gotcha. unfortunately christians uh mistakenly sometimes see it that way mm-hmm. but the, the point of it is it's the first epiphany to the whole wide world rather than just <clears throat> to god's chosen people gotcha okay um what what about this phrase uh um it stuck out to me may he may he be like rain that falls on the mown grass like showers uh, that water the earth the phrase mown grass uh strikes me as a little out of place for the time um was mowing grass like a a a th- thing or is that more referring to is is mown grass uh, a just like an indication of like grass that has been uh, reduced maybe by livestock or some such method i suppose well i'm no, sure the, they had some tools in yeah, the time I mean, like the, a thresher something or other they, they literally could mow grass okay um and the grass was used for all sorts of things, everything from basket weaving to feeding animals to starting fires mm-hmm. to um, being the the binder in clay bricks. Um, mm. So it's actually a very valuable commodity. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's and the grass is harvested near. After it has a chance to grow for a while, so particularly with the climate of the Mediterranean, it would be a real gift to get another rain mm. so that you have the chance of having another harvest of grass. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So the imagery is that um, there has already been some prosperity through yeah. by way of the grass and the rain falling on it will is kind of a promise for of more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, that's like showers that water the earth to huh. to finish the couplet. Right, right, right. That's kind of an interesting um, 
imagery that I think uh, you could kind of certain, blow yeah. past. Yeah, in the Midwest, it's like, it rains all the time. Dude. Right, right. <laughs> great. I got to Yeah. Great. <laughs> Some, something more for me to do. I got to mow twice this week. <laughs> yeah, whereas in, the, in Israel then and now, it'd be more um, literally a seasonal mowing. Um, probably a, a, a better way to picture it is harvesting alfalfa in current days mm-hmm. where uh, a farmer can hope to get one or two, maybe even three alfalfa harvests uh, if the rain and the sun space out properly. Got it. Hmm. In in North America. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm not entirely uh, up to date on alfalfa <laughs> farming. Uh, so, but... Well, I will take your word for it that that I married a farm girl. So, so you've <laughs> driven across the Great Plains. She's explained alfalfa to me. I I think my closest understanding is a chia pet. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So I get it. So I get it. I feel like I'm on par here. May God pour water into the head of my chia. <laughs> So that I may have another harvest. Um, what else about this psalm? Am I? Is there? Is are there any other meanings that I'm uh, uh, blowing past? Because uh, obvi- like I said before, obviously, or I th- I think obviously this one is chosen because of the tie to um, the continuing yeah. the continuing reference of kings uh, uh, rec- uh, kings recognition of let's say, you know, God's work, uh, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And it also refer, it also um, starts starts us heading towards the some of the Christ the King imagery mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Um, the New Testament, which isn't very often. That's not something that right. Jesus was comfortable talking about, except a little bit in the Gospel of John. It was more the writings after Christ's resurrection. Mm-hmm. But it, it edges us towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, uh, as we've talked about many times before on the podcast, uh, one of the great misunderstandings of Christ's uh, um, purpose here on earth uh, is is tied up with the Christ the King uh, yeah. uh, concept, it, because of you know people expected oh King like the kings of old, like the kings that the Psalm is actually referencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which were literal kings on a, you know, ruling a kingdom on a throne and, and, uh, um, ruling the With land. All earthly power in the territory. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Which, uh, which, you know, spoiler alert, uh, doesn't happen for Jesus. <laughs> well, and also doesn't, and intentionally so. And doesn't happen for any of the empires that were supposedly founded as Christian empires. Right. That they, um, those didn't work out well either. <laughs> Empires don't. Yeah, uh, that's uh, not what God's about. Kingdoms rise and fall. Earthly kingdoms rise and fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the other the other thing to say about this psalm is that it's one of four in the in the book of Psalms that seem like they were probably created on the occasion of a coronation of one of the Jewish kings. Oh, but okay. Which, which one we don't know. Gotcha. But so, but that makes, that makes a lot of sense as to the, the, why this is here and why yeah. it was preserved. Um, that, that is a, that's very interesting imagery then that, that it gives you as you read it. Like this could, this would have been 
red at one of the king's coronations then. Yeah. Which is an interesting historical And, and maybe at repeated ones. And, and, okay. Yeah. Um, and what's... Unlike the last king, give this one. Yeah. <laughs> How about now, oh God? Well, and, and it really gives... May this time he judge your people with righteousness. Exactly. It, it's a pretty intimidating job description that this new king gets. It's not like what any other king at that time would have received, where it's like, yeah, do what you want. You're a god. We'll we'll cower. Right. And instead, yeah, you got to treat the poor with justice. Right. You don't get to just exploit them in your mines and your fields and stuff. It's like, oh, me and I'm king of the wrong country. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. I, I think the, it's it, – it, uh, um, now that I've heard this, uh, maybe the, the, the later part is like the making up for it. Like you got to be super nice to all the within your kingdom. Very just. But all kings are going to – may all kings yeah. fall – other kings fall down in front of you. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, uh, the bowing and the scraping comes from outside. <laughs> yes. Uh, you serve <laughs> us and everybody else outside of our kingdom will – Not everyone else. Just the royalty. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the royalty. May all the may other nations, because uh, kings. Yeah, eleven recognize. is may all kings fall down before him. All nations give him service. But twelve is, for he delivers the needy when they call the poor and those who have no helper, and goes on with that same thought. So hmm. he also has to acknowledge and care for the oppressed in other nations as their kings bow and scrape. Oh, okay. So no one gets dehumanized. Okay, because my in, initial read of that was that the nations give him service because this is what he he does for his own people, and they wish that their <laughs> kings would do. Yeah, instead it's another humility slap. Of, uh, okay, even as these kings are giving you you know, tribute, mm -hmm. you have to tell them, well, you know, the gold and the frankincense is nice, but. You have to reform your justice system and your economic policies. Right. Or there will be myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so, uh, well, then, if there's nothing else, uh, let's move on to our gospel reading. Uh, gospel reading uh, this week coming to us from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. <coughs> Bless you. Uh, in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, 
they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Um, I want to ask first, how many of the Gospels have a version of this story? This is the only one. This is the only one? Yep. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, so then I can't ask my follow-up question of, what are the differences between them? Uh, because the difference <laughs> is <none>. existence <laughs> and non-existence. Yeah. Um, so why does Matthew, being the second or third probably written, mm-hmm. uh, feel the need to add this or, or put this story in? Um, and do we have any indication as to uh, maybe why it was left out? Uh, or is this, you know, is is this uh, more storytelling by by Matthew? I, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to do more of a deep dive into this. Okay, um, we don't know. We don't know with any of the Gospels why one included something and one did not. We can surmise at times about who had access to different stories and events and who didn't so it's quite possible that matthew's community had the story of the magi and luke and john and marks did not Mm. there's also the just the editorial decisions that have to be made of i can't keep everyone's attention for too long so what are the essentials right Right. And for Matthew, this was an essential. Um, what uh, Again, whether Math, whether Mark, Luke, and John had access to the story, we can't be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's clearer to say why Matthew included it, because it's in continuity with so much else that he writes about regarding Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um so if this story was circulating throughout all Christian communities, it's not surprising that Matthew said, yeah, I need to put this one in my account. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that we have no way of knowing is, did the gospel writers have enough access to each other's material that they could say, okay, Luke got the shepherds, I'm going to get the Magi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know so the, it's possible that there was a conscious decision to say the 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 believers already have access to that information we all have only so much parchment available to us so i'm going to go with this one got it yeah and, and it's it's matthew the gospel of matthew uh if i'm not mistaken who's a little bit more keen on drawing straight lines from prophecies uh of old into yeah the gospel from the hebrew like, scriptures to the right. gospel yeah uh, uh here is here is the, the the person who fulfills this prophecy here is the 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 event that the, does. the event that does the the the, yeah. the the family uh uh lineage that uh mm-hmm. th- that connects um um so which you know is, is a stylistic 
you know, a stylistic choice. Yeah. Um, and, and I think does lend some credence to the, the, the theory that, that maybe he, the gospel writer did have access to some of the other stuff and like, Hey, well, that's, you know, that's a great point of view. I want to, I want to write the story from this perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's, which if we think about it happens all the time, uh, yeah. which is the reason why there's like, you know, 4 million books about world war two or like, Abraham okay, Lincoln, right. or you, yeah. yeah, you, you, you know, this, this, writer did a great job of covering you know yeah abraham lincoln the early life of abraham yeah. lincoln i care about it from the point of view of his marriage and then yeah. you go and you write a whole book from uh you know you know that that perspective and how uh his wife uh maybe uh his wife and family life played influence on any of the decisions mm-hmm. that, that he made during his life cycle so um it makes sense to to have these gospel writings attack it from a certain perspective because they want to cover well, a and, point of view. And one way to think about the four Gospels is that, I'm thinking since we're just finishing up the winter holidays, is you have four siblings gathered around a table and almost regardless of their age, but I'll say they're now adults, mm-hmm. maybe even middle-aged. A guest says, tell me about your the the Christmas of 1978. Right, right. And you'll get four different stories. Right. Yeah, and you'll get one sibling who'll be like, I don't know, I don't remember anything about what, yeah. what you know. <laughs> I was more concerned about dating yeah. and... I, Michael's account over there, I have no recollection yeah. of. All I remember was I got this one toy that I had been really wanting for mm-hmm. forever. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Still, the we all agree the greatest Christmas we ever had. Uh, but you know, but four I don't, different versions. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Or, um, so yeah, and like, and one of the questions um, so many people have asked through the centuries is why doesn't Mark have anything at all um, before Jesus being baptized, basically mm-hmm. as an adult, and. You know, so he's he's the poor guy that looks like he just doesn't care <laughs> when actually it's like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let, let's talk about when Jesus became a public figure. Start right. from there. And here we go. I never I never cared, you know, what his lineage was yeah. or the fulfillment of the prophecies. What mattered was, you know, you know, the miracles that happened and the, mm-hmm. and, the and and the ministry. Yeah. yeah. You know, this this guy changing the world in one year. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's, this specific story though, since it's our only instance, um, we talked last week about, uh, Herod, this being Herod Jr., uh, Herod the second, uh, Herod the lesser, Mm -hmm. uh, um, Herod the jerk. Herod the jerk. Although it, it even of, Herod the Great was a jerk. I was, I was going to say even 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 Herod Senior didn't sound like he was you know roses and and bubblegum. Um, but uh, so the wise men visit Herod first. Uh, it kind of does paint the picture of like a for a bad guy. What a lazy bad guy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! The 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 child the child prophecy that shall dethrone me. I you know I'm very interested in this. 
could you guys go figure out where that is and then uh, come back and let me know? Um, I know you told me that you're following a star and all I essentially it sounds like I would need to do in this story is look out a window. Right. And lo and behold, there would be and or, or you know, pay some of my cronies to follow you. Yeah. Not hard. Like... <laughs> It's almost terrifying that I could be a better bad guy than Herod, uh, King Herod. But, um, you know, uh, just, yeah, go yeah, he's, go, is, go, and come back. You'll let me know. This gives some so confidence in myself. This gives insight into evil. Mm-hmm. That I think it's very intentional that Matthew has Herod a doofus. Uh-huh. Uh, because the Romans only wanted a doofus as a mm. puppet. They didn't mm-hmm. want someone clever enough to overthrow them. Yeah. Uh, because there would have been more than enough people to raise an army. The revolution starts, um, you know, 40 years later or so, mm. um, the Jewish revolution. So we know that there are a lot of people that would have raised up in, and what did later raise up an armed rebellion. And if Herod was willing to lead them, it, it would have been quite a difficulty for the Romans to overcome that. So, yeah, Herod wasn't a bright bulb. And <laughs> he... Um, because he had so much, so many violent tools at his disposal, he didn't worry about nuance or subtlety. Hmm. Uh, because, of course, the very sad result of his laziness is, ah, oh, just kill all the children. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that lead never panned out. Like, yeah. So, just, yeah, let's just kill. I mean, it's easier to kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, Herod, you're a mean one, uh, Mr. Herod. Um, and his heart will never grow. His, his heart will never grow three sizes that <laughs> day. Um, uh, so they 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 set out. Uh, they see the star. They go to the uh, uh, enter, enter the house, um, open their treasure chests, give him riches, kingly status, and death. Uh, and... Um, it's kind of interesting to me, though, that verse 12, they still needed a dream. Like the, the, the way this interaction is is written, even I wouldn't, you know, like I don't need a dream to tell me not to go back to that guy. <laughs> well, but they took a risk. Go search diligently for the child. <laughs> and when you find him, bring word that I may also go and pay him homage <laughs> yeah and i think he pr- would pronounce the h you know homage <laughs> horrible horrible yeah. homage um yeah I, I wouldn't need like someone to like this is god don't go back to herod i mean yeah maybe yeah. that's why the, the, maybe that's why it, that that's as as far as it goes because my dream would be like well duh <laughs> <laughs> and therefore we should look at this and say, okay, the Magi were the bootlickers of the psalm mm-hmm. and would have gone back um, to avoid getting themselves in trouble because, after all, they, they were going to take days to leave the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Herod could have just as easily said, ah, go hunt these Magi down and bring me back pieces of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so they actually had... 
took on quite a bit of courage mm -hmm. to um, overwhelm their own fear of what this crazy um, sadistic ruler could do to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Though one thing we have no idea of is how big was their traveling party. That's a that's a good point. That's a good point because the focus is on the wise men themselves, not yeah, you know, and their servants, attendants, soldiers, bodyguards. Yeah, um, and we don't know if there were three or one. Probably there were two since there's the plural nouns used. Mm -hmm. But we we talk about three simply because they're three gifts, right? Um, but. Yeah, there, there could have been dozens who all agreed. These three things are the things we should bring. Right. Um, and like, like you said, servants, etc. also probably would have camel minders and stuff. That's interesting that, that you point out that, that we always think of the three wise men. But in no way, shape, or form is that actually referenced in the yeah. scripture. Yeah. And it was only... It's just plural. Yeah. And only as years passed did they get names and backstories and all. Um, Matthew didn't think any of that was important. Or at least uh, important that, enough is, to use the part. Is any of that historically accurate? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're just like, you know, Jim Bob. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you the story about Jim Bob the wise man. <laughs> or it was, a, let me tell you about the story of the wise man. Why are there names? Uh, Jim Bob. <laughs> now shut up. Let me tell you the story. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Um, speaking of historically accurate, I mean, as far as, because we've kind of gone back and forth a little bit of like, of course, we don't know how accurate this, yeah. this story is. Um, but it does, I think, um, it is worth mentioning the things that we do know are for sure historically accurate. Uh, King Herod. And his his rule historically accurate for sure. Um, and it seems from what I saw, uh, the um, the series of unfortunate events for children uh, also historically. We aren't sure. There, there's real okay. So we're not sure because I, I was reading there there was a there there have been accounts of like sure seems like that did happen. Well, the 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 problem is, and I hate to say it this way. Is that Herod did so many atrocious things, <laughs> like that? If this were true, it got lost in the shuffle. No, it, is it this one, or is it this one, or is it this one? Oh gosh, okay. Um, so there are lots of possibilities, and there there have been some archaeological finds. Mm -hmm. um, about I want to say three years ago, there is um, the discovery of a tomb in. Um, the area of Bethlehem that seemed to have almost exclusively children's skeletons. Mm. And so there's speculation. Those could be the kids killed in the slaughter of the innocents, as Jeez. we now call it. Um, and, but there, there isn't enough evidence, at least last I checked from that dig to say whether or not they died violently or was it a epidemic of some disease mm -hmm. or what, or was it just a children's cemetery that was used for, a certain period of time. Um, yeah, so we don't know how historic it is. Hmm. But it's very plausible because Herod killed so many innocent people. Hmm. And it could be that was more Matthew's intent was 
to draw our attention to what a horrible king was ruling over Israel when the one true king was born. Hmm. I'd almost be afraid, though, that that if I were Matthew writing this, that my version of the story is like for parents and mothers and and aunts and and and, and uh, uncles like. Hey, remember that horrible instance, like where you lost your child? It was uh, because of Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus's fault that, like, I'd be very afraid that that would be like, oh, like that wouldn't that turn off some of your readers? Like, I lost my do- my uh, my son uh, to that event. Thank you very much. It's it's interesting. There have been a number of of novels written through the centuries about. What was Jesus's reaction when he heard about that? Mm. When he was older and Mary told him or someone else told him. I mean, about that would it. devastate me. Yeah. And and all of them have him responding very compassionately and even with a certain amount of guilt. Um, mm. And the way he usually works through it in these novels is saying, you know, Herod killed this many people on a daily basis. And, you know, if it weren't it. He would have killed that many people, whether I was there or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's that old um, conundrum that we have to get over of evil does evil. And we can't blame ourselves for bringing it upon ourselves. Right. That, uh, you know, there are people who receive evil don't deserve it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's worth pointing out that the, the atrocities here aren't... Uh, aren't to fulfill a prophecy of any kind. Like, Actually, there is. Is, is it really? <laughs> is that really? Not a prophecy, but um, the we had it a couple weeks ago um, from, let's see, which, it's the, a voice was heard in Rama wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. And that's from, yeah, Jeremiah 31. Um, and what I was reading from is the Gospel of Matthew. Oh, so that was the, that was, that was this last, this yeah. last Sunday. This okay. last Sunday, yeah. Well, <laughs> so there's also a distinct possibility that Matthew created a, not, wrote an event that did not happen in that particular context. And yet is part of the human condition Mm. because it doesn't matter whether one's child dies with hundreds of others or just in your arms and no one else, no other child dies that day. It's the same devastating event. Right. And this, you don't find, you don't find solace in knowing like, Oh, but that also happened to, you know, yeah. Everyone. Stephanie across the street, like that doesn't help. That right. doesn't help at all. Right. Um, and so it, it could, part of Matthew's pastoral intent could be to say, yes, God cares about all your children. Hmm. Um, even though it, because there's that thing of so many people saying, oh, you know, there's millions of people on earth. How can God notice me? And this could be part of Matthew saying, yeah, God notices. And there, no matter whether it's one or uh, part of a population, God will still mourn that death, as mm. Jeremiah says, and um, 
now math gospel of matthew says yeah and rightly so and rightly so yeah uh anything more about matthew oh i mean um we can go a second hour (laughs) (laughs) oh that the 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 herod's instruction about this the slaughter of the innocents to kill all kids two years old or younger Mm um in in matthew's understanding of the magi's arrival it wasn't january 6th after christmas right it was as long as two years after the birth of jesus so um matthew does not have joseph and mary going to bethlehem while mary's pregnant instead it presumes they that's where they were living all along Mm -hmm. jesus was born Two years later, the Magi show up, which makes sense in terms of geography, how long they might have to travel. Right. Um, and they only go to Nazareth, where in Luke, the story starts, mm-hmm. um, because of the fear of Herod Jr. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, uh, any credence to, I think I've read somewhere where the, there's like a scientific attempt at explanation of the star that a, that a, supernova was going on or something like that an annual event in the press um, around christmas time there are lots and lots of possibilities part of what we have to remember as um american christians is then the sky was way darker than now and so people could notice a fairly minor light in the sky um, that now we'd have to find a place with no light pollution to see. Right. And so it's a long, long list as to what the physical manifestation was. Hmm. The possibilities are, are literally probably as infinite as the universe. It was a weather balloon. That's what I, yeah. that's what I read. It was I, a... I literally read someone who said, Oh, this is the first record of a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Technically, yes, yeah. unidentified. Well, maybe not flying yeah. though. The, flying is the is is the operative. Yeah, I forget word that what the new term work. the U.S. government's using for. It's not UFOs anymore. It's that's our else. that we we got to save that for our conspiracy podcast. That's we right. Record that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Christian conspiracies. Oh, that would be that would be that would be. Oh fun, man, actually. that could be endless. <laughs> that could be fun. <laughs> If anyone wants to take up the mantle of doing uh, that no, podcast. No. <laughs> Too many people already do that. <laughs> believing them as they do it. Oh, goodness. Well, um, yeah, because that doesn't fit. That's not an epiphany. Uh, that's no. That's all speculative. So um, with that, I think we'll call uh, a close to this, your podcast for January 9th, 2022. Uh, the Epiphany Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, as always, we look forward to worshiping with you either in person at uh, 8 and 10 o'clock on Sunday uh, or online with our live broadcast of the 10 a.m. service uh, or later. Uh, on it, demand. Because it'll be on demand on our, on our YouTube page at HFEC Videos. This Sunday, I believe we see a return to do – we, do, we, do, we, do we return to 9 o'clock? Um, um, adult forum, adult yeah. forum, yeah. and and children's ministry yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um. So so children's uh, formation, adult formation, nine a.m. So come early or stay late. 
uh, between services if you're yeah. in person. Uh, we'd love to see you uh, there. And uh, until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.